Hello again, this is Jerry Hancock with more from MinuteBalance.org. Today I want to talk about 20 assumptions from marriage. We all think we know about marriage, but here are some things just to test how you might feel about these items. First is conflict is inevitable, so trying to avoid it is futile. Learning to manage it is imperative. Well, personally, I think that's very true. Uh, there's an old saw that says you can't even tell a story to a three-year-old without conflict. Um, that until Little Red Riding Hood meets the Big Bad Wolf, there is no story. It's uh, it's just her wandering around in the woods. So we are going to have conflict anytime we're involved with other human beings. So learning to manage that conflict is real important. Number two, men and women have fundamentally different ways of viewing the same information which can cause unexpected communication problems in a marriage. And I guess that's true too. Most of us are aware that men and women do tend to think differently. And um, you can say, praise God for that. Uh, on the other hand, you can say it does create lots of problems in marriages and in day-to-day -day communication because we look at the same set of facts very differently. Typically, women see them more intuitively and see possibilities, whereas men may see them uh, strictly as the facts and what they speak for themselves. Although that's not always true, of course. Number three, most of our ideas about what constitutes a healthy marriage are formed in our family of origin and will probably uh, not match that of our spouse. Yes, we did learn a lot about methods of conflict and how to approach subjects and even our communication style in our family of origin. It's amazing to me how many family members tend to sound like one another. Uh, so that's sort of proof that we do pick up the style that works in our family. we got to remember, though, that our spouse was not raised in that family, and so he or she has different uh, points of view about that. Number four, our individual ego and pride can be major obstacles to a healthy marriage. Well, ego and pride are major obstacles to most any relationship, aren't they? And especially so in a healthy marriage, which requires intimate, and I mean intimate, changes of attitudes day to day and major requirements of forgiveness and empathy in order to just get through the marriage because there's lots of possibilities for seeing things differently and for dealing with things in a much different way. Number five, speaking up for our own needs in a marriage is not only healthy, it is essential. Um, that is true and of course when we fail to speak up for ourselves we might feel put upon or that our boundaries have been violated or that we are being taken advantage of or whatever but the fact is it's up to us to set those boundaries and defend those boundaries. Number six, the demands and stress of maintaining a family can and likely will create distance between spouses. A conscious effort to reduce that distance is critical to a healthy marriage. Anyone who has children can say yes to that, and that's probably an area that uh, trips up younger parents as they are just getting started with a family, especially the men, who may expect that he may have all of the uh, spouse's attention just the way he always has, and all of a sudden this new little creature gets all of the attention and it can create some distance if it's not handled properly. Number seven, differences in sexual appetite between spouses is normal but needs to be negotiated 
in a mutually agreeable manner. Well, certainly that is true, uh, although I would say many couples go an entire lifetime and never successfully negotiate the differences in sexual appetite. In an earlier program, we talked about how men uh, may see this very differently than women. In, far, in fact, um, the typical understanding is that men may initiate sex more, although that's not always the case either. But the fact is that differences in appetite just need to be negotiated and worked out. In most cases, um, either party can accommodate the other's needs and do so willingly and happily. Number eight, most marriages will need some counseling from an outside source at some point. Both parties must be willing to participate and willing to change for the sake of the marriage. I must uh, say, in response to that, I do see an awful lot of couples in which one or the other refuses counseling. Uh, and I don't understand that because many times the future of the marriage is at stake. And most of us know that marriages are going to uh, create some problems that are difficult to solve and that maybe sometimes we need outside help to solve. And being willing to participate in counseling and willing to change for the sake of the marriage is probably a foregone conclusion. Um, just another note on that point, many people decide not to change and leave the marriage in search of the perfect human being only to find that the things they could have changed carry them or follow them into the uh, new marriage or relationship as well. Number nine, too much attention to career or other distractions can cause couples to drift apart. This is true and we've talked about this in the section on careers. Uh, it is not always the case that it is the male who has too much attention to the career although we men do tend to focus a lot on our careers and find work pleasing and satisfying and so therefore uh, focus more on it sometimes at the expense of relationships with the family. Number 10. Healthy marriages require intentional effort and routine maintenance. Yeah, I, I heard a guy one time say that he believed in the refrigerator model of marriage and that is you plug it in and it ought to last about 20 years with no maintenance and most uh, most women would say that's not going to happen. Uh, most relationships of any kind require some maintenance and an intentional effort to make sure the relationship is running smoothly and this sometimes means preventive maintenance by tending to things before they get to be serious problems. Number 11, romantic love may be the beginning foundation of a relationship but will not sustain a marriage over time. Adjustment and modification of the definition of love must change as the marriage matures. Certainly we learn this as we get older uh, and I think for the most part most of us take that as true although uh, there are folks I would say who maybe some years into their marriage make some assumption that um, that things should be just the way they were the day the marriage began and very often that's not possible. Number 12 there is no formula for what constitutes a good marriage. A good marriage is determined by the individuals and what works practically for them and I'm sure we've all seen marriages where uh, maybe one 
spouse travels a lot or one spouse has a hobby that uh, takes them out of town a lot or takes them on travel or keeps them away from the family a great deal uh, and somehow the marriage works and of course that's negotiated between the two people and, and that works. If you have conflicts like that which don't get negotiated then of course there is some serious um, opportunity for problem. Number 13, communication is one of the most troublesome hurdles in most relationships and certainly is in marriage. Good communication is a skill which can be learned. Uh, many of us guys are accused of not communicating with our spouses, although I need to say in that regard, I run into a lot of men who feel that their uh, wives do not communicate with them. And so it's not a gender issue, it is a personality uh, issue. And so we can learn to communicate better and we can learn to just close the loop with our spouse so that we know what's going on. For example, just routine details about the daily schedule or the weekly schedule or what's going to happen when or what's expected uh, in terms of carpooling or whatever it happens to be. Uh, those kind of communication meetings are essential and they can be uh, short but they need to happen. Just one more note on that. Today's uh, iPhone apps and other smartphone apps do help for communication issues by being able to text and so forth, but it doesn't substitute for face-to-face -face communication and updating each other on schedule, which is the respectful and proper thing to do. Number 14, blended families and mixed marriages have unique problems which will get worse if not dealt with. Yeah, we talked about this in the marriage um, program earlier, and I think it's true that in a blended family, both partners can easily get the idea that their uh, children are not being properly tended to, uh, or that their side of the ledger is not being properly dealt with, or whatever the issue may be. But the fact is that this is something that needs to be talked about, and if there are concerns, that they be remedied as soon as possible. Number 15, open dialogue is essential to a truly healthy marriage and this requires that both parties be open and transparent in their discussions. This may be more difficult for men in some cases but it is a skill that can be learned. Just like we talked about communication, learning to be open with the partner is something that can be learned. Uh, it is a trust issue in many cases because we don't trust the other party to hear what we have to say and not use that against us later, for example, in a fight or some other way. So it's difficult for some of us to um, open up. It's also difficult for some people just because of life experiences where they may have been taken advantage of. So patience and empathy, forgiveness is certainly in order in order to make those happen. On the other hand, we should be expected as men to be willing to work on learning to be more open in our communication with our spouse. Number 16, I call this uh, the big ticket items, money, sex, children, discipline, career, religion, family. All of those are the most troublesome issues for most marriages and inevitably it seems that people are surprised when one of those big ticket items hits them right between the eyes in the marriage and yet those are the things which typically cause problems and we can pretty well count on those issues being uh, among the major ones that trip up a marriage. Number 17, second and third marriages tend to have even lower success rates than first marriages 
indicating that we don't learn from our mistakes. That's probably true, and I would say further that in some cases, uh, many of us end a relationship and begin another one on the false assumption that we can find a new mate which does not have the problems that the previous mate had, and in most cases they have similar problems or different problems, but they will have problems nonetheless, and the problems that we had in the first relationship will follow us right into the second and third and beyond. Number 18, wounds we carry from childhood and which we may not even be aware of can cause problems in any relationship but are almost guaranteed to cause problems in a marriage because of its demand for intimacy and closeness. Many of us have bruises and scabs from things that happened to us as children, either at the hands of our, cho of our parents or uh, from some other source, and those things do not go away quickly and they require that we take some time and deal with them and when we get this kind of feedback from our partner either male or female we need to pay attention that they have noticed something that may be a wound from childhood that is interfering with the relationship and might need some attention number 19 children can become accomplished manipulators of parents it is extremely important that both parents be on the same page regarding discipline and family expectations and that should go without saying but it's amazing how many times parents have different points of view and I've been around long enough to see that when parents are inconsistent in discipline or in other ways of dealing with issues in the family it does come back to create problems much later in life um, even years later as the child gets older or as the family matures and finally number 20 Absolute and unconditional trust between partners may be an impossible ideal, but it must be constantly the goal. So we must spend our time trying to increase the trust between ourselves and our spouse. If we have done things which violate that trust or which damage that trust, we need to be busy about trying to repair that and be aware that repairing trust sometimes takes a very long time. Uh, nonetheless, it is always worth the effort. Well, there it is, the 20 assumptions from Men in Balance about marriage. I hope that was helpful to you, and I hope you've got something from that that you might use in your own marriage. If you'd like a copy of this, just email us at uh, the website, and we'll be glad to send you a copy of this, along with a uh, couple of communication guidelines and some other details that might be helpful. We also have a couple's communication, or I'm sorry, a couple's devotion book, which may be helpful to you. If you haven't tried having devotions with your spouse, it is a great way to increase in intimacy and uh, closeness between the two people. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Jerry Hancock for Men in Balance. Join us for uh, another program soon. Hope to see you then.